The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. I'm Paul Nadeau, as you know, and today I have a very special guest. They're all very special, aren't they? Today I have Amy Stanton talking about the feminine revolution, women power, how femininity is a superpower, and it certainly is. I loved this conversation on so many different levels. Amy brings about the idea that feminine qualities can truly be powerful and that it's all right to show emotion. And when you are called on it, what is so important is to explain the feelings behind the emotion. I won't go into it (laughs) too much more. I just want to say that this has been a great conversation and without any further delay, I'm going to introduce you to the wonderful Amy Stanton. Hello, Amy, and welcome to Inspire Us. Hi, Paul. It's so nice to see you and so nice to hear you. Well, thank you. And the same to you. I am so glad we met. We met on Clubhouse as uh, I've met a lot of people on Clubhouse recently. And I heard you speak and you were so captivating. And so uh, your information, what you were giving just resonated with me. And you're so well-spoken. I just absolutely fell in love with you uh, the first time I heard you. And I've gone to several of your rooms and I enjoy each and every one of of them. So I'm so glad that you're on the show here today to share some of your ideas. And you reached out to help me uh, with my book. And uh, during that conversation, we started talking about women's rights. I, I think I brought it up because I had read your, your website. And I'd love to get that topic going right now by asking you a question. You co-authored The Feminine Revolution with Catherine Connors, challenging the idea that femininity is weak and encouraging women to redefine their feminine qualities and sources of power. Would you expand on, on that whole thing? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I've loved meeting you on Clubhouse. These kinds of personal connections are the best part of that app for sure. And so many good things happen as a result. The feminine revolution. So I never had, I've always wanted to start my own business, which I did 14 years ago. I never had any desire to write a book, but I felt like I was struck by lightning one day because I was thinking about my personal journey and how I had been working in these big corporate environments for many years and developed this armor essentially in the workplace where I couldn't bring forth my sensitive being because I'm sensitive, I'm emotional, I'm a crier, but all of that was kind of squeezed out of me. And I felt like I couldn't bring those things to the workplace because you have to operate a certain way to quote unquote thrive in a man's world or so I thought. And so one thing led to another and I started wondering if maybe this tougher bossy Amy might not be so successful in personal relationships, which is why maybe I hadn't met Prince Charming. And so I was like, I have to write a book about femininity because nobody is talking about this. Everyone's talking about 
feminine power and and female just equality and and all the other f things but nobody was talking about this one f word of femininity and and really immediately started doing a bunch of interviews with other folks to find out what's happening here and everyone had their own version of the story so first of all everybody defines femininity in a unique way so my definition of femininity might be different from yours or anyone else's and that's a good thing and we're all a balance of masculine and feminine and that's a good thing too so i'm not i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. my assertiveness and directness these are things that serve me meaningfully but what was clear is that everybody had parts of themselves that they were holding back because they felt they weren't welcome because they felt that they were perceived as weaknesses and that's true in the workplace and it's true in life and so because of this research, you know, you, they always say research is me search. This is certainly the case in this case. Uh, I felt like there's an opportunity here because I wanted to take this conversation around female empowerment and equal rights and equal opportunity to the next level and say, how do we show up as women and men for that matter in our most authentic way? Because of course we're gonna be happier and healthier and thrive if we're showing up in an authentic way. So I started talking about this, telling everyone I was going to write a book, which is so funny because, you know, again, I just, even I thought it sounded outrageous, although I did have a book agent that I had done a lot of work with. So I knew that it was possible. I knew that she would represent me if I had an idea and I had started seeding this with her, but it took like three years. Before. I think I needed an accountability partner. And I had met this amazing woman, Catherine Connors, through mutual friend and she and I'd had these great conversations around femininity and she was an academic who was at the time running the rebrand of princess at Disney such an interesting strategic project and also so interesting thinking about how these ideas are built into young girls from a young age so I had had these great conversations and finally Catherine and I were at another one of our lunches and I was like, Catherine, why don't we just do this together? You know, originally I was like, maybe she'll be a contributor, but, but really she was such a powerhouse and had such great ideas and, and such a complimentary skill set. And, and so off we, off to the races. And I was committed to getting this book out in 2018. I just was in my mind, I'm like, this has to happen because this is the year of the woman. It seemed like every year was the year of the woman for a while. I mean, mm -hmm. isn't every year the year of the woman? Let's keep going with it, really. Absolutely. And so we expedited the writing. We wrote it in like three months. And now the book is really about, which is not normal, by the way, it for the listeners, it's not normal to write a book in three months, although it can be done. You're right. That's true. I know that. I know the process. You're absolutely yeah. three months is amazing. And you did yeah. it. Way yeah. I mean, great that we had each other, but I did like 50 interviews for the book and we did a lot of research and we really just powered through, but felt it was such an important conversation for a number of reasons. I mean, again, first of all, if we can take a closer look at some of these preconceptions we have around feminine qualities, which range from, we broke down 21 of them in the book and we take each of these 21 qualities and we show why they are considered feminine historically, why they've been perceived as weak. And then we turn that on in its head to show that our sensitivity is a superpower. Even crying openly is a superpower, which we can talk more about, but <clears> really <throat> it was such an important breakthrough to, and, and reframing of something that is deeply ingrained in society. A lot of people have a negative visceral, visceral response 
to the word femininity because for all the reasons we're talking about, because it seems like a step backwards or mm-hmm. it seems like a, it's weak. Why do we have to label these things? They are labeled. That whether they're consciously labeled or unconsciously labeled, that's the reality of things. So it's been super exciting because once people start thinking differently about these things, it's like you do the self-analysis and pay closer attention to what's happening here. What are the things? Again, in my case, let's just talk about sensitivity. From a young age, I was told I'm sensitive. It wasn't in a complimentary way my, by my mother, who is my dearest. So it's okay. She could tell me anything and has. But I definitely grew up thinking I needed to kind of manage my sensitivity and then getting into big corporate environments, getting performance reviews, don't take things personally. Sometimes you're too sensitive. You know, we all knew at the time crying wasn't a great idea. We'll talk more about that in a second too, because I think it's a really important distinction. Um, And you know what? I definitely, again, figured out ways of holding things back And again, I don't think we're ever going to be fully happy or healthy if we're holding things back. That's the reality. So uh, if you now look more closely at sensitivity, and I'll just use it again in my own personal life, my sensitivity is what makes me a great leader. It's what makes me capable of walking in the office and when I can walk in the office again, (laughs) and knowing that one of my employees might be having a bad day and being able to address that or sensing in the client in a client meeting what the client's really saying not just the words that are coming out of their mouth and how to solve that as a result of it sensing what's really going on in a personal dynamic that's not working versus just looking at it at face value so a lot of it comes down to looking at it through this lens and now i'm like god my sensitivity is a huge part of the win here i'm not, i shouldn't hold it back And it's not about, again, it's not about going around taking everything personally, clearly, but it is about understanding where it's powerful and leaning into that in a way that makes you your best and your most you. Um, And the other, I like to use the crying example because I think that's low hanging fruit because people always think that's literally the worst thing that could happen as you burst into tears at the office. But let's start at the beginning. In the history of time, was there ever a day where someone woke up and was like, I hope that I'm going to cry in my boss's office today. I don't think so. No. So what happened? It was a human moment and being human is okay. We're not going to be able to get away from that one. So the issue with crying is not the crying itself. It's how we all respond to the crying. So for example, what if the person crying, let's say there's a performance review and the, the, be the person employee is emotional as a result of something and starts crying. What if that person had the ability, the tools, and this is the tool to say, I'm getting emotional right now because I've been working so hard and I wasn't expecting this kind of feedback, or I'm getting emotional right now because I care so much about this job. And I thought I was going to get a raise today. What do I need to do in order to make that happen? And then the boss can then say, here's the deal. Or what if even better, the boss could say, look, I'm sorry you're getting emotional. What can I do for you? What's really at the heart of this? You know, And open a conversation, create a bridge, create a meaningful connection. These two people walk away better understanding each other as a result and actually are more connected and more aligned versus what often happens is The employee runs to the bathroom, the boss is thinking, oh, this is a disgruntled employee, 
or this person doesn't seem capable of managing stressful situations or whatever the perception might be. You know, you brought up so many good points. Um, at a young age, you were pretty much told to man up. It's, it's like you, you can't cry, you can't be that sensitive, so man up. And it's funny because, uh, well, from a male's uh, perspective, we're told to man up and that it's wrong for us to show that sensitivity. And we're beginning to realize, um, and through people like yourself, that it's all right to be sensitive and it's all right to be human because we're all living in this human experience. And I absolutely love what you've been talking about because it really is about humanizing, if that's even a word, who we are, just, just being that male-female combination that we all have, you know, like we all have these traits. We're all, we're all equals, right? Now, in, in the business world, historically, women have not been treated equally. And is it because, uh, like, has this always been going on or is that as a result of Hollywood? What is it, you know, like, what was it that, that brought that inequality well, I, I think a lot of it stems from just the trajectory of things. So the reason we all felt that we needed to model masculine qualities to be the boss is because the boss was always a man. So over time, that has changed. There now are more role models for women to see that women can be the true leader. And that's a great thing. But But it makes sense logically that people would have that perception or feel like this is the right way to be a leader. And, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because actually kind of at the heart of what this book is about, it's sure it's about helping us each individually show up in a full and authentic way, but it's also about allowing for that to have a knock-on effect in society of changing the definition of power in when it comes to leadership politically or at the corporate level. And that would be the huge impact. How can we strike more of a balance of masculine and feminine qualities at the very top? Um, and you know, it's always about modeling because at the end of the day, how could a young girl believe that she could be an engineer if there was never a female engineer? How can, mm -hmm. I mean, these are, there's plenty of examples of it where suddenly someone breaks through and sets this path in motion for all these other people to follow. It's not just girls and women. I mean, that's true across the board. So we need, we need role models. It's kind of at the heart of my work more broadly. I'm, just, I'm obsessed with helping elevate people who should be setting an example for others. And um, I really believe when I started my business 14 years ago, that was kind of the MO. I, I started a business focused on female athletes and women's sports because nobody was focused on that. And 14 years ago, people could not name three female athletes consistently. I would do this test regularly. And my belief was that as great as it was that reality stars were getting all of the, all of the awareness at that time, you know, great. It maybe isn't the right word as as real as that was, you know, there was a part of me that just felt like we all need to be working to elevate positive female role models for young girls and for women. And I look at how much has changed in the last 14 years and it's inspiring. The women's sports landscape has certainly changed quite a bit, but then also more broadly, we're seeing again, every year is the year of the woman, but so many women doing incredible things. And as much as I, you know, your question was why, what is the res result? Where, how, where did the inequity come from? Well, 
again, I think it just started from the trajectory of things, but, but we're all equipped to change that. And that's what's exciting about it. That is truly exciting. And I've seen a lot of that. Um, my, my youngest daughter, she is a businesswoman. She's just starting out and she's really for women's rights and women's equality. And I have another friend who is a very successful businesswoman. And um, my daughter just absolutely loves her and just, you know, can you teach me? Can you teach me how to, you know, how to do this and how to do that, how, how to break through my business? I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs who are, are just taking the marketplace like by storm. So it's so nice to see that. Um, what advice could you give women right now who may be struggling with their identity and their superpowers? Like, what are some of the superpowers that you could share with them? Well, first of all, don't believe everything you hear, you know, that I think that's important. It's like people need to be able to show up in a way where they're actually thinking twice about stuff. I, I, I actually, since I started having this conversation about the feminine revolution, a lot of moms I know are thinking twice about the language they're using with their kids, because so often, just like my mom would call me sensitive and think that was pretty harmless. Um, there's so many ways that that's playing out, but, but I think it's really about everybody. Again, I think it's important for parents to think twice about how they're creating space for their kids, girls and boys to show up as they are. And, and of course, everyone's trying to guide their kids in the best direction, but, but that's, you know, that's, that's just a lot of it comes from our preconceptions of what the best is. So, um, Advice for young women specifically, I mean, it's really about being yourself and it's about knowing that, that you have this unique set of gifts and that no one else has the same set of gifts that you do. So really looking closely at what those are, good, bad, and ugly, you know, we're women, and I know men do this too, but women, I believe beat ourselves up more. That's my theory. There's a lot of self-talk, a lot of negative self-talk. And I think it increases as we age. I think back to how amazing it is to be an innocent kid out of the womb where you just don't have all this stuff in here. Yeah. Um, but the like really at the end of the day, I wish I could tell my 16 year old self that everything's going to be okay. All the things about yourself that you might be questioning are going to end up being the best parts of you and that you just got to hold on for the ride and, and not get too hung up on any of it because, the, and we're, I'm still telling myself that by the way, but, um, but that's life, you know? It really is life. And you're absolutely right. When we're first born, life is empty and meaningless because there's nothing, we, we haven't attached any meaning to anything. And it's at times when somebody tells you you're too sensitive that we attach that meaning that must be wrong. You know, and, and that sticks with us as we grow older, all these little incidents and what people have said and even what the media is broadcasting tends to get us into that negative mindset. So I really love what you said is just, you know, be your authentic self and, uh, and don't put any limitations uh, on yourself or allow anybody else to put any limitations on you. Because as you so nicely put it, is that you are, you are unique. You know, there's nobody like you. And uh, well, you're a living testament that uh, women can make it in business and women do make it in business. And, uh, you know, and they bring the world forward even that much more. So it's, it's absolutely beautiful to see that. 
I want to ask if if somebody wanted to reach out to you or buy your book and and uh, connect with you, how how could they do that? Because you've you've got a world of information, and and like I said, I, I just I really enjoy listening to you, and you're so smart. So how could other people get a hold of you and well maybe connect with you? Great. My website for my agency is stanton-company.com and there's an info email there. So that comes straight to me. Um, Instagram is Amy K. Stanton and the book can be, is sold on Amazon and everywhere. So, uh, and it's, it's definitely worth a read and it's a great gifting item too, because it's funny. A lot of times people come to me and be like, I don't know what to do. My boss is doing X, Y, and Z. I'm like, they should probably, you should probably give a copy of the feminine revolution to your boss. Cause it might <laughs> be helpful. So, um, that would, it's a great gift item for sure. I, I like the idea because you said that there were 21 superpowers or 21 things that you uh, yeah. you described. Wow. And and they sound like they're conversation based, right? It's like, yes. how do I respond to this or how do I think about that? Would Absolutely. That be tons of specific examples, tons of tools for how to actually make shifts and lean into some of these feminine qualities. I mean, What's interesting is we realize that so many ways that women are described, just they seem so innocent, but stop being so controlling, stop being so mothering, you're such a dreamer, you're such a romantic. These are all coded in a feminine way. But then when you look at them more closely, they're actually, again, they're such a gift. So lean into being a controlling, a control freak. I do. Um, and ultimately like one of my friends read the book and I think she wasn't totally sure what she was going to get out of it originally because maybe femininity as a concept didn't align for her but she read the chapter called be mothering which because a lot of these things are we're again encouraging people to lean into these qualities she said yeah I've always gotten so much so people give me a hard time all the time for being so mothering and such a busy body and trying to get in everyone's business and trying to help all the time. But after reading this, I feel fine about it. You know, I feel good about it, actually better than fine. So that makes me so happy because it's true. It's like, it's something that we, again, we all have these things and it's not just women. I number of men that have read the book say, can you write the same book for men? Uh, the, the irony is there were these conversations going on around the importance of men being vulnerable, but nobody was talking about the importance of women being vulnerable because the assumption was that we were already doing that. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, there, there could be far more than 21 qualities really. And actually, if anyone wants to write in, I love hearing ideas for other feminine qualities too, because it's such a cool conversation to continue. It really is. And to all uh, the listeners out there, that is a book worth getting. I mean, 21 superpowers <laughs> and it, it's helping women as much as it's, well, it's helping men, right? So, um, and I, uh, I just want to get to, sometimes you, you hear something and if you think of it just slightly different, the meaning completely transforms your life, doesn't it? It's just like, I never thought of it that way. You know, like uh, you're so emotional, you know, like, and then, oh, wow, that's a bad thing. No, it's actually a good thing because by being emotional, you can connect with people. It's all that kind of stuff. So I really love that, Amy. That's, that, that's a book I'm getting. 
for sure. I'm going to order that you. today. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you're, you. you're welcome. I have these conversations um, with a few people, uh, you know, about men and stuff like that. And uh, I love hearing the woman's uh, perspective on it. And you're so right. And so to all the women out there, this has uh, certainly been an interview that I have loved. And I'm certain that you did. And you are all powerful, super powerful. Amy, Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing what you did. I'd love to have you on another show to go through the 21 superpowers. Wouldn't that be great? Do it. Yes, Paul, <laughs> thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. Always. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 